All right. Good morning, folks. Good morning. Glad to be back. Glad to see you. You had a marvelous time with two substitutes, I know. Had some fun and, and good sermons, but um, I'm glad to be back with you. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Uh, Caneo Connect is meeting on campus uh, again this next Wednesday, so please be a part of it. If it strikes your interest, free dinner at 5.30, then a program on uh, the transformative power of love. Uh, the Mana Drop-Off is today. It's a, it's a pre-Super Bowl activity, I, I believe, right? 3 to 3.30? Isn't that going to work out all right? Super Bowl at 4.30, is it? At 3.30. Oh, so, so come early. At, Mana Drop-Off is 3 to 3.10 uh, this afternoon. And then uh, all bets off. We are having our uh, first quarter follow-up on our church's strategic planning retreat that, that we've been a part of. Uh, it's going to meet next Sunday and be right after church. We're a little uncertain about whether it's just going to be an hour or, or maybe two. Um, we'll see. We're working on the fullness of it and seeing what we think it might take. Be assured, if it's an hour, you're going to get nice coffee and donuts. If it's two, um, you're going to get nice coffee and donuts <laughs> and be ready to eat lunch somewhere when we're done, probably. We'll see. We won't let you starve. We'll, we'll have something worked out so that it's a comfortable experience. But it's next Sunday, and all kidding aside, this is, in, this is crucial thinking that we are doing as a uh, body of Christ living into our new circumstance of American society in 2023, 24, 25, what is it like? What are we like now? And how do we bring forward the message of the gospel to help uh, nurture and heal people's souls? So we are um, looking at a really big topic and trying to look at it in a very granular way as to what exactly can we do to be uh, effective and to be uh, spreading the power of God's love. So... Important, important topics for us to grapple with. The strategic planning has identified these nine areas that we wanted to do good stuff in, have identified three basic work areas that we're trying to get at right now. So there's some very concrete stuff that's there. And we're going to be looking at some uh, input as to how we've done over the first quarter of this year to move towards those goals. So uh, it's not a time for you to say, well, I haven't been involved before, so I shouldn't be involved now. It is a time to get involved because um, we're just unfolding and doing things, and we know that our success depends on everybody participating. Ash Wednesday is coming up, the beginning of Lent. It will be uh, Wednesday on the 22nd. Uh, ecumenical service, you know, that, that actually is a word that means that it's... Uh, a whole bunch of different denominations getting together. And this service is Koku, uh, Kaneo Connect. This is Thousand Oaks and Newberry Park and us being together. We'll be at, I think it's Thousand Oaks on Monday, Thursday, and we'll be, I, we'll be at the other one on Good Friday. But it's here 
as we begin it on Ash Wednesday. So um, be a part of the extended family of Methodism in the Caneo Valley, um, but also be a part of your uh, focused spiritual journey of Lent and kick it off with a good Ash Wednesday service. We have been a church that has been concerned about uh, homelessness and about poverty uh, for a long time. That has been something that has been on our heart and has uh, on occasion brought tears to our eyes. Uh, sometimes we felt like, like maybe we've been helpful and, and helped to develop some more affordable housing in the area and helped people who were in need. But it is an ongoing dilemma in our communities, apparently. And our Social Concerns Committee is, is bringing forward an amazing speaker. Her name is Dr. Jill Shook, and she's from an agency in Pasadena, uh, but will be the main speaker for us on a, on a webinar February 26. It will be at 4 p.m. Uh, you'll want to be a part of that if your heart is at all... Um, broken a bit by our, our homeless uh, circumstance here in our community. She's faith-based. She's working with uh, some different agencies, different community uh, agencies to bring the faith community and its theology into play, into the housing uh, dilemma and to the possible solutions that can, can uh, emerge. Um, we United Methodists actually own a lot of land in Southern California, and one of the ways that, that we can be helpful with our land, I think we're doing this in Ventura, one of our campuses, is, is using some of that property uh, to support affordable housing. Um, now, that's not what we're all gonna be doing, and that's not what the whole thing is about, but it is about how can we reach out and be good brothers and sisters to people who are struggling with housing insecurity. So again, four o'clock, it's a, it's a Zoom webinar on the 26th, and if you, if you need the details as to what the Zoom address is and all of that, you can see you get a hold of Chris, and I guess we'll be pushing out the, uh, the code as to how to connect with the Zoom as we get closer to it. Shehorns, thank you for the flowers this morning. Blessings on you. And blessings on everyone for joining together in worship on this February 12th, two days before Valentine's Day. I guess since it's St. Valentine's Day, I might mention it. Um, make your plans now. Don't be like me and try, try to call around on the 14th for a place to take your bride or significant other to. Call now. All right. Love you all. Let's worship God. <clears throat> Make a joyful noise unto God. Sing the glory of his name. Let all people sing for joy. Let them sing from happy hearts. Let them sing from happy
for the call to worship and remain standing for the hymn and the invocation. Lord God, we raise our spirits to you in worship and ask that you be within and among us in a special way. Touch us, Lord God. Heal and inspire us. Lead us in your ways of holiness and righteousness so that indeed your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us pray. Holy God, be present in our worship this day. Touch us with your spirit and call us to your attention. Heal our hurts and lighten our burdens and empower us for lives of discipleship in your Son's name. This way facing me, okay? No. Oh. Where are you taking your mom? I'm sorry, Amy. Nowhere. Nowhere. Hi, guys. How are you today? I feel like it's been forever since I've been here, and I'm so happy to see you. And guess what? I think I might have known it was Valentine's. Oh, I saw you saw him already? Okay, well, then it's all over. <laughs> so, maybe. Is there candy in there? So, Valentine's Day is our day that boyfriends and girlfriends, husbands and wives, partners all share their love, but... I don't think that's all, do you? Do you think parents show their love for children? 
and children show their love for their parents? Do children love their, uh, kids love their siblings? I got yeses. So, also, friends love each other, but somebody loves us very, very much. Oh, I thought you were going to say Pastor Christy. You were right. God loves us very, very much. God loves us so much that God created the world and sent Jesus to us. And God said, be mine. God wants us to be in relationship with God. Do you guys know what that means? Kind of. To be God's friend. So we... To love God. Any other answers? To be faithful. So there is candy in these. Do you guys remember these old candy hearts from a long time ago? When I was a kid, they said much better things than they do today, guys. I had to go through and pick them out. <laughs> I was a little shocked. Um, so it starts with you are loved. So God has written a story to each and every one of us. God says you are brave. So when you're in relationship with God... You can be brave, and you can share that relationship with others. God says, maybe, let's see, you are kind. In showing God's love, to, did you say that one? I saw a big thumbs up. In showing God's love to others and in showing love to ourselves, we need to be kind. So God sent us lots of love messages today, huh? Oh, and this one says, Te amo, I love you. And the very last one that I want to share with you, you guys ready for this? Goat. God says, each and every one of us are the greatest of all times. That's right. Isn't that amazing? Everybody in here, everybody in Westlake Village, Everybody in California, everybody in the United States. That's so cool. And everybody around the world are the greatest of all time because God created us in God's image. So as you guys go, I will meet you in your classroom with my little bag full of hearts. And you guys will be able to have your own messages from God. Hopefully they're all good. I didn't miss one. But I want you guys to always remember this. No matter what your heart says, God loves you, and I like you. No, I love you guys, too. So will you pray with me? Dear God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for creating us. Thank you for your example on how to love others. Be with us today. And during the Super Bowl, let us be kind. We ask this in Jesus' name.
Amen. That's right. Okay, go off to class. Holy God, hear the stirring of our spirits, the yearnings of our minds, and the hopes of our hearts as we join in prayer with one another this morning. So very much aware of the, of the tragedy and the heartbreak that is going on around this globe and, and particularly in the, in the Middle East with the earthquakes in Turkey and Syria, we, we pray for all those folk who are who are scrambling to provide help, those who are finding themselves um, grieving the, the death or serious injury of loved ones. It is at times like this that we recognize again that we are one family in your spirit living on this globe. Who can find a better way of life through caring and supporting one another than through fighting and oppressing one another. May we all rally as we are able to be of assistance in this tragedy. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. We think of Abby Fenton and her family who are mourning the death of her sister, her sister Sue. Uh, Linda Northrup and family mourning the death of her father. Perry Macy's family and friends who are mourning his recent death. We pray that they all would be uh, touched by your grace, your gentle support, that as they honor their loved ones, they would find ways to live out the best of of their spirit in the ongoing days. May they be nourished in their memories. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. For Barry Falk as he moves into hospice now, we pray for his comfort, we pray for Susan, as she supports him through this transition of life. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. We have friends who are uh, getting new diagnoses of cancer returning. We have friends who are continuing to deal with other ailments that 
persist in their lives and take them in and out of hospitals. We think of Agnes's friend. We think of Steve Ames. We think of Seve's father, Justin, who is hospitalized as he recovers from surgeries. We think of Amy Castillo. For all those who are battling health concerns and need special care, we, we pray your strength and your love. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. And we offer words of thanksgiving for surgeries that have gone well and for uh, health concerns that are improving. We, we think of, of Greg West as he continues to recover well from his hip replacement surgery. We think of Janelle Sanders and Kitty Saltall as they recover from knee replacement. Barbara Ghosh, as, as she continues to recuperate from COVID and related illnesses, pneumonia that have been plaguing her and, and now gets a little bit better and a little bit better each week. We think of Heidi Giddy Van Pernis's father as he continues his healing from a fall and, and gets stronger. We pray that they all may continue on the path of increased health in your holy name, Lord God. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. We pray for those who are suffering from COVID. We pray for those who are the caregivers at home and in the hospital. We pray for those who are coming down with other ailments as we find ourselves re-engaging with one another and now exposing each other to more common diseases yet are finding ourselves uh, deeply plagued by them. Help us, Lord, to be people of care to one another, to look out for one another's well-being, to see that as a sign of strength, to love one another in action as well as word. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. And we think of other people in situations that we privately lift up in this time of prayer. Hear our prayers. And we celebrate the birth of baby Amir, of parents Fardin and Valerie, refugees from the Ukraine who have found their way into helping and supportive arms here in our area. For the joy of a new life, the promise of that new life for the future of that family. And for all the dear hearts that circle around them and others who are finding their way, we give you thanks, Lord God. Oh, Lord, hear our prayers. 
All this we pray in your Son's holy name, joining in the prayer he taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you. 
you so much, choir. That's a hard act to follow. Our scripture readings today are from Deuteronomy and the prophet Isaiah. Hear these words from Deuteronomy 5, 1 through 3. Moses convened all Israel and said to them, Hear, O Israel, the statutes and ordinances that I am addressing to you today. You shall learn them and observe them diligently. The Lord our God made a covenant with us at Horeb. Not with our ancestors did the Lord make this covenant, but with us, who are all of us here alive today. Now, Pastor Walt has asked me to remind you that, the, that following this passage you just heard, Deuteronomy goes on to give us the Ten Commandments and then enumerate a bunch of rules and behaviors for faithful living. And he urges all of you to continue on in Deuteronomy and check those out once again. But right now we're going to go on and hear some words from Isaiah 58, 1 through 12. Shout out. Do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Announce to my people their rebellion, to the house of Jacob their sins. Yet day after day they seek me and delight to know my ways, as if they were a nation that practiced righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask of me righteous judgments. They delight to draw near to God. Why do we fast? but you do not see. Why humble ourselves, but you do not notice? Look, you serve your own interest on your fast day and oppress all your workers. Look, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to strike with a wicked fist. Such fasting as you do today will not make your voice heard on high. Is such the fast that I choose a day to humble oneself? Is it to bow down the head like a bulrush and to lie in sackcloth and ashes? Will you call this a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I choose to loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry? and bring the homeless poor into your house, when you see the naked to cover them and not to hide yourself from your own kin, then your light shall break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up quickly. Your vindicator shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help and he will say, here I am. If you remove the yoke from among you, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of evil, if you offer your food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, then your light shall rise in the darkness and your gloom be like the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your needs in parched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters never fail. Your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to live in. 
the word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be to God. Wow. Thank you, Linda. Uh, Thank you, Isaiah. You can see why there's such a, uh, a close connection in many people's minds between Isaiah and Jesus, can't you? Listen to that passage, read it again. Think about what it is that you would say the gospel is and see if you don't notice in Isaiah uh, the words of Jesus. Now, as you've probably noticed over the years, I rarely preach from the Old Testament. I find the, the New Testament so, so rich for our purposes of the, of the Christian faith. Yet today, our scriptures are solely from uh, the Hebrew Bible. And I've done this purposefully because I think there's a dynamic that we can see here in what you've just heard read that, that really works in our unpacking the process of epiphany. If you look at the whole of scriptures from, uh, from what I would call the macro perspective, you will realize that it is a, a narrative arc, scriptures, a narrative arc of God's revelation and our human understanding throughout the whole of history. God shares and we humans discern and try to make sense out of it more or less, moving forward with the human enterprise, better or worse. And the Old Testament is full of stories showing this process between God and humanity and our steady progress towards what we hope is greater understanding and deeper faithfulness. Deuteronomy assures us that God does indeed speak to us, not just the ancients, giving us help and direction for moving forward in life with proper holiness and and righteousness. And Isaiah reminds us that God has some expectations. God has some expectations in this area. God is mindful of our progress or our lack of progress and will speak up. God will speak up to those who will listen with mid-course corrections if necessary, when necessary. So indeed, we heard some pretty strong words from God through the prophet Isaiah this morning, illustrating that very thing, calling his chosen people to be mindful of some things that they had forgotten, those statutes and ordinances and the covenant, and particularly how they love God, express that love, and grow in that love. Isaiah's words make the point loud and clear. Self-serving piety will not get you far. People will sense insecurity. They, they seem to pick up pretty easily when someone is uh, 
and authentic. And Isaiah makes it clear that God, well, is equally perceptive. Apparently, the only one fooled by self-serving piety is one's self. So Isaiah tries to break the trance of self-deception and wake his people up to do God's bidding. God cares for the oppressed, the poor, the homeless, the hungry, the lost. God cares for them, Isaiah says. God cares for them and intends better for them. God expects those who worship God to work with God to make things better for them not just for one's self. It's as if God is saying, hey, you guys, you guys, you believe in me, right? Come on, wake up, let's go. I am counting on you to make things better for everybody. You know, if I can't count on you to help me with this, who can I count on? Let's go. Let's do this. As Melissa said last week, flush your eyes. Flush your eyes often. Get the potatoes out of your ears. Look and listen to God. Isaiah words on behalf of God fit right into this focus we've been following. God calls and we respond. If we get it kind of wrong, or we get it really wrong, or we just not quite get it as right as we might have desired, we get reminded, we get encouraged, we get redirected perhaps with further calls from God, prompting renewed responses by us. We're not perfect. It doesn't help us to pretend to be perfect. We work with God and grow. And on and on and on and on, we work with God to grow again and again until thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Now, we all in the Christian church believe Christ Jesus was God making the ultimate revelation of God's nature and God's purposes for us about our condition and about our opportunities when we work with God. And this is the Christian's faith, primary epiphany. Our primary, aha, is that Jesus is the Messiah. So in our Epiphany series, we've been looking at this call and response stuff and, and specifically how we can get handles on it by looking at Jesus dealing with his disciples, Jesus calling his disciples and their response. We focused on, on the phrasing of call and see and decide and follow, and today we're going to dig a little deeper into that follow aspect of the process. And in so doing, only discover 
that following involves investigation. It involves experimentation. So there are a lot of stagger steps, a lot of this ways and that ways that we go through as we investigate and experiment with what it means to follow the Christ in our lives, in our time. We build up our faith by experimenting, investigating what it means to be faithful. We try it on. We explore the contours of it. Seeing what is helpful and what is not helpful. What enriches the spirit and stimulates further growth and, and what does not. And as we do this, we are we're in pace with all of those that came before us who did the same thing, our religious ancestors, the ones who listened to Isaiah and went, woe is me, woe is me. Worship, study, conversation, experiences, outcomes and consequences help us, they help us along the way. Benefits derived from traveling the path with others on the journey. Like our ancestors in churches and synagogues, we gather. We gather together to help ourselves and to help one another along, plumbing the wisdom of the past and casting a vision of the future. We flush our eyes again and again to try to see better, to discern better. God's purposes for us. Think about the development of your faith. Step back just a minute in your memories and think about that. How did it grow? And, and how did it deepen? Hopefully, you can look back and say, well, no, I, I have progressed. Hopefully, you can do that and you can see there are some key moments that have helped you progress over a lifetime. That the faith and the way you express the faith as a five-year-old or a 15-year-old or a 25-year-old, it's not like you're doing it now. I hope it's not like you're doing it now. And things have happened over your lifespan that have enriched you, deepened your faith, matured your spirit. Think back about those things. Some of those things were good. Some of those things were pretty tough, probably. Some of those things didn't feel like a help when they were happening to you. The words that that person said to you or the event that came into your life. Sometimes you could readily see, oh, this is good for me. Thank you for those words. What were the helpful religious practices and spiritual disciplines? And you, did you do some things and find out, well, that's not for me, and some other things, and you went like, whoa, that's great. I want to do that more. Let's have more of that. Did you have anything like that? What activities seem to stimulate your growth and lead to a more settled perspective or a more mature wisdom? 
when I had what, what I guess I would consider my rebirth experience, I stripped naked on the roof of a private riverboat floating down the Mississippi River in a torrential rainstorm. It seemed like the thing to do. What was called for in the moment? Rebirth. Ha! I don't think I would recommend it now. And it certainly wasn't necessary then. Same outcome probably would have happened if I had just bowed my head in some serious prayer. But what can you say? A little dramatic, I guess. What can I say? There you have it. Yet, while keeping your clothes on, most of us can explore our religion and develop our faith through spiritual experiences like worship, study, prayer, stewardship, service, ways that are done in different denominations or historically in ours. We make forays into these areas, investigating and then experimenting with insights, with styles, with expressions, with actions. What works for you? What does God bless? What does God raise God's eyes askew over? People might say, well, how does fasting work? And would fasting actually deepen my faith? Close your mouth. Open your heart. Fast. Find out. Maybe it's helpful for you. People might say, I hear a lot about Bible study, you know. Is there really wisdom? Is there really wisdom in those ancient texts that would affect me, contemporary me, and my modern life in any kind of significant way? Or is it just history reading? Well, find out. Dust off your Bible. Take it out of the shelf. Crack it open. Actually read it in a systematic kind of way for a while and see. See if there isn't a kind of spiritual truth that starts to grab you by the back of the neck. I don't know, maybe not. Bet it will. People might say, you know, prayer has always fascinated me. Yet it's hard to believe that it really has a power to change my life, let alone other people's. Does it really? Well, let's quiet your internal monkeys and be in some kind of regular pattern of prayer over some things for a while, and you see what happens. 
experiment with the power of the Spirit in your life and see what happens. Investigate. There's a group of folk that keep stressing the value of service to others. What is it with these guys? What's the value in that? So many poor, and there's always been so many poor. Well, open your heart, friends, and extend your hand and see what it does to you. Engage in service and see what that does to your spirit and your connection to God, besides what it does to those who you're helping. Investigate. Experiment. Explore the ways of faith. Flush your eyes. Open your heart. Expose yourself to thinking that is new and challenging to you. Do you think you know it all now? Yeah, maybe you do. Maybe you don't. Investigate. Engage in spiritual disciplines you haven't tried yet. Maybe there's a, a point of nurture of your soul that you've been overlooking. The crucial component to all of this, investigation, experimentation, discovering what faithfulness is, is breaking out of the confinement of the self-serving shell that we so often get ourselves stuck in and becoming other-centered. You know that story about the lobster who was complaining, you know, and uh, he was so beautiful, and he prayed to God that he wanted to just stay beautiful in the shell, and... And so God gave him, you know that story? God, God gave, well, so this lobster was just, oh, yeah, he loved how beautiful he looked and all that stuff. And so he got a wish from God, the genie of the underworld or something of the waters and, and uh, got his wish to say just as he was, but as lobsters, if you know lobsters, if you're buddies with lobsters, you know lobsters grow. And so the beautiful shell then became a prison and it became tighter and tighter and he started to die inside his shell because he had to grow out of that shell to further become what he was to be as a lobster. You've heard, you've heard this before, right? And, and now, okay, well, this goes on all the time with lobsters. <laughs> well, maybe it's, it's an annual thing. Actually, last week, we took the kids to the Channel Island uh, National Park in Ventura Harbor, and there was a lobster that had just, is it emoted? There's a word for what that is when they uh, discard their shell. They squeeze themselves out of their shell to, to grow into a new shell and to become their better self, their next version of themselves, the self that lives into the next year. I can't believe you've never heard this story. This is one of the classic stories of what we're supposed to do all the time, we humans. We're supposed to not be like lobsters, right? 
supposed to not be like lobsters and keep ourselves stuck in these shells, which kind of look really pretty good for a while, but then they become very confining and they end up killing us because we don't allow ourselves to grow. We have to break out of our shells. And this is what Isaiah is saying. This is what Jesus is saying. Make room to grow. You can't be self-serving. You can't live within a self-serving shell. You have to be other-orientated. No good fasting, no good worshiping me, no good doing this, doing that, God says through Isaiah. If all you're doing is trying to make yourself into God, you know, please yourself. If it's all about you and it's not about God and neighbor, not worth very much, not going to do you very much good, Isaiah says to us. That pathway of trying to be religious is not going to be fruitful for you. You can experiment with that. See if self-serving religiosity is, is the good stuff. But Isaiah and Jesus and a lot of other folks say, no, that's going to be a dead end. Going to be a dead end. Got to break out of the shell. You got to flush the eyes. You got to move the center of your existence from yourself to God and neighbor. Now, some of our faiths are going to be enriched by meditation. And that might be because some of us don't really slow down and listen very well. So if we actively try to do that, that might open a special door for us. Some of us will be strengthened by renewed study. We haven't really broken open a book of any significance since we graduated into our careers. Now would be a good time for that. Some of us will find that if we step out in acts of stewardship, of sharing our talents in compassion, or sharing our resources, we might actually realize that in sharing, we gain more than in hoarding. And some faiths might be best expressed by rolling up our sleeves and doing stuff. And some cells, face might be best expressed by teaching. And some, perhaps, by leading worship or being in prayer. Different roles, different styles, different gifts. Remember Paul, all that stuff. It can be a matter of personality. Maybe your learning style is a little different or your personality is such a way. I'm a little hyperactive, so it's, it's kind of nice to have a job where I can move around like this and people don't look at me and say, stand still. You need to stand still. Sit in that chair. Don't move. Uh, I could never do that. I have to kind of keep moving. My personality lends itself to that. My learning style, by engaging things conversation, unearthing things. Sometimes people think, well, you're just thinking out loud. And you're right, I am. I'm thinking out loud, trying to think through what we're talking about. We have different learning styles, don't we? We have different personality types. So maybe we're more inclined to be this way or that way on our spirit. But the key thing 
is that you need to work on it and experiment with it and see what works for you and don't just be satisfied with what is. Explore and grow. These powerful words from Isaiah are to a nation and to a community that has become so wrapped up in itself that it thinks holiness is whatever makes itself feel good and proud. And they finally reach the tipping point where God is saying, yelling out at them, you've got it wrong. Process, call and response. Come and see, decide and follow, investigate, experiment. The call and response of God to God's people. Enjoy the dialogue with God. Bless you. Okay, we have, a, we have an opportunity today for a mission moment, and Barb, Barbara Moss is going to come up in, in just a little bit and share some things personally. So, Barbara, you might want to get ready or, or come uh, forward. Uh, but we begin with a, a little video about um, our mission moment, the crop walk. Are we ready? Yeah. When a community has been trapped in poverty for decades... A mother's child is going hungry. A family feels forgotten. What can you do? You can believe there is good in the world. We believe in a world where there is enough food that no one should go hungry. Enough water that no one should thirst. Enough love that all children should reach their potential. Be the good in the world. Take the steps today. It's a great way to come together as a community to support a great cause and to help offer our neighbors and people around the world a path out of poverty and hunger. I walk rain or shine because no child should go to bed hungry, not ever. I know that my efforts are making a difference in the lives of many people, not only locally, but nationally and internationally. Believe there is good in the world. Be the good. Good morning. I'm delighted to be here with you. Welcome. And thank you for having me come and share a little bit about Team UMCWV. We are out to walk with a crop walk. And I'm encouraging all of you and delighted to be here and share some of what I've done over the last few years.
to support the crop walk and to support people in the world that hunger and thirst and can use our help. And so I'll put this down a second and tell you that I've been a member of the crop walk for about 25 years as part of this church. Thank you. Go on. Um, I started years ago, if you remember some of you who were back then, the days when we used to walk around Westlake and do our miles of walking, or even had short walks just down the road here on Hampshire and Agoura Roads. It was a wonderful time. The church was so supportive, and we had team work all the time to raise funds and to experience together, all of us walking, as people around the world have to walk, unfortunately, walk for their water, walk for food, and we who are here share that little bit of that touch of that experience by offering our steps and our donations to help with the people around the world in their need. Um, it can be six miles, four miles, just whatever steps that you can take to support an organization. It is the crop walk that supports church world service. And years later, after walking here in Westlake, we started walking at Cal Lutheran. And I encourage all of you, we're finally going to get back after the years of the pandemic to walking out of Cal Lutheran again. They have long walks of four miles, two miles. But if you just would like to take a wonderful time with me this year, I'm going to do the walk around the campus. And they've been fortunate other years to have students that are delighted in taking you on a walk and sharing their wonderful experience at Cal Lutheran as part of the support for the crop walk. As always, I contribute every time I do walk, and I've asked for support from the congregation, as I am this year, but also just asking you if you'd be willing to donate to the group that's going to be walking or just to yourself as far as support for the people in need. The Church World Services and its supporting organizations, that's ACT Alliance, try to get uh, money and food, all kinds of blankets, um, health hygiene, um, hygiene kits, and water out to people wherever the disaster. They were in Selma, Alabama, those of you who know, with the tornadoes. They were in Florida and the whole southeast with the hurricanes. And now they're serving in Turkey and Iraq. And many times they can't get their volunteers there themselves. They work through a number of alliances and have great support systems to get whatever is needed wherever it should be. So I'm wanting to share again this year an opportunity to encourage you to come. There's a table outside where we'll ask people if they want to sign up to go on the walk or just give you information about how you can support the crop walk and consider it as part of our mission moment. Our mission moment donation for February will be the crop walk. Mark. So whatever you can do is always appreciated. And I thank you very much and wish you a very happy, well, happy successful day with whatever team you're supporting for the Super Bowl and for Valentine's. Thank you for listening.
What a great lead-in to our stewardship invitation. Um, in the scriptures this morning, God gave us all a pretty specific call to action in Isaiah. Feed the hungry, house the homeless, clothe the naked, among many other things that Walt talked about this morning. But how do we do that? As he said, there's so many needs in this world. Well, the crop walk is just one example of the many ministries that your donations to this congregation support not only through our church, but through a much larger group of churches that work together to do that kind of good in the world. So as we hear some beautiful music, please take a moment to consider whether this is an opportunity for you personally to respond to God's call to action by giving of your own resources to do these very things that God has asked us to do in Isaiah.
us pray. Holy God, we ask that you bless these gifts and those who give them. Please help us to keep our hearts open to the ways in which you would lead us to deepen our walk with you and to open our hearts and our lives to helping others who need so much in this world. Thank you, Lord. Amen. has been a blessing to you. Let us work with the Spirit and with one another, making this a blessed day and a blessed week. Stay safe. Be healthy. Know that you are loved. We go in God's Spirit, seeking peace and justice, letting love be. Be blessed by that Spirit and be a blessing to others. Thank you.